AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. The Soy Complex pushed to the upside to help corn futures cling to slight gains. Wheat futures and cotton traded to the downside, while lean hog futures, heck, they threatened a technical breakdown. Cattle Complex looked a little better. The Cattle Complex added to this week's price gains. Live from El Finalamente Convo Loco via Farm Journal Broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, it's a conversation with Mark Rempe with Quad Commodities. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. And guess what? The host of AgriTalk. I'm here, Chip baby. Lurie. Yeah, man. Woo! How's it going? Oh, I'm super psyched you're here. Safe. So glad. Safely back yes. in the bunker. I'm uh, yes. I'm happy to be here. Studio oh, audience they, is very excited. They, it's good to see you all. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. That's enough, Glad guys. to be back. That's enough. That'll do. That'll do. <laughs> Had Got a him. great time the last couple of days. I'll admit, I, I, uh, uh, yesterday I, I participated in trade talk down at the National Association of Farm Broadcasting. Oh, uh, yeah. Convention. And, uh, I, I <laughs> talked to some really interesting people, uh, from uh, so many different directions in, in agriculture. Of course, sustainability. And some of the sustainability efforts and the the climate smart farming practices and the funding for those projects, they were a big part of the conversation because several of the companies there, several of the industry groups there were recipients of some of the grants from mm-hmm. USDA. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see what these companies have planned for for those funds. So that, that we're going we'll to talk more about that. Yeah, that's that's good. That fills in a gap. Uh, well, maybe not a gap, but fills in a little detail on something Jim Wiesmeyer and Sean Haney and I talked about on the free for all this morning when Tom Vilsack said, you know, with a mixed Congress, farmers may have to pick up some of the slack on the climate stuff. And Jim pointed out a lot of that funding is going to go toward investment in research and development, new products, companies oh. who are who are making things happen toward that end. So, uh, that's, oh, yeah, we made a little circle there, didn't we? Yeah, there you go. We closed there her up. Go. I may have, I may have heard that comment from Jim. So you weren't, li- you maybe, weren't yeah. listening, were you? You I heard was. that? I did. Oh, I'm I glad did. I didn't. I would be so shout out to KMA down there in Southwest Iowa. You know what? Hmm? I I listened to KMA basically from the time that I left Kansas City until I was north of Ankeny on 35. Wow. I, oh, That's yeah. That's quite the reach. Yeah. You know, so it, in the Des Moines area, if you're thinking that you don't have a uh, an affiliate station that reaches mm-hmm. into Des Moines, mm-hmm. boy, 960 AM on your dial. KMA comes in there loud and clear. Fair to say so. they put the A in America, KMA. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Right on. Absolutely. Right on. Shout out. All right, it's a report day. Cattle on feed report was just released at the top of the hour. The total number of cattle and calves on feed on November 1, 2022, 
down 2%. These are rounded numbers, down 2% from year-ago levels. The trade was expecting a 1.7% decline, so that lines up pretty good. Cavs placed in October, down 6% from year-ago. The trade was looking for a 3.5% decline. Wow. That's a little um, sketchy there when we're talking about that much of a decline. And cattle marketed in October, 1% above this this time last year. Uh, trade was looking for a 0.8% increase in marketings uh, from year ago. So total no- the, the November 1 inventory lined up with trade expectations, at least on a rounded basis. Uh, but, boy, the, the placements came in well below trade expectations. Okay, man, let's get to the news. What do you got? Well, Chip, wheat traders took another day to factor in the agreement to extend the deal that allows for exports of wheat and corn from Ukraine through the Black Sea. The extension of the deal will turn traders' focus to other items in the days and weeks ahead, including demand for U.S. wheat and production issues in other exporting countries. The Argentine government today dropped its wheat crop estimate from 22.1 million metric tons to just 13.4. That compares to USDA's November estimate of Argentina's wheat production of 15.5 million metric tons. Heavy late-season rains in Australia earlier this month also took a bite out of exportable Aussie wheat supplies. December SRW wheat opened steady and tried to rally before falling back to close near session lows and just above support at 8 bucks even. December hard red winter wheat futures 3 and 3 quarter cents lower, 9.34 and 1 quarter. December soft red wheat down three and a half cents, 803 and one quarter. December spring wheat closed at 951 and one half, down two and one quarter cents, Chip. All right. And on the week, December SRW wheat down 10 and a half cents. December HRW wheat down nine and a quarter. And December spring wheat up three and three quarter cents. A little bit of demand from Iraq uh, this week for spring wheat. Might have helped that market out. December corn futures traded higher for most of the session, but fell back to the opening range to post a low-range close. Front-month corn spent the last three days of the week inside of Tuesday's wide trading range. The contract over the past two trading weeks has established 850 as a critical level of support with the Ukrainian grain deal. Excuse me, 850 must be 650. Little typo there. With the Ukrainian grain deal extended, corn traders decided to focus on the increase in demand for U.S. corn seen earlier this week. Next week, export demand will clearly be in focus for corn traders, and crop watchers will pay close attention to the development of the full-season corn crop in Brazil. Traders will also be watching the results of two union votes this weekend that will likely determine if there will be a labor strike against railroads early next month. December corn futures a quarter of a penny higher, 667 and three quarters. March corn up a penny, 670. July corn futures closed at 662 and one half. That's up one cent today, Chip. All right, good stuff, Davis. Uh, December corn on the week was up nine and three quarter cents. July corn on the week up four and a quarter. January soybean futures opened to slightly higher, then slipped back to trade lower on the day before recovering to close back on the top side of fourteen twenty-five and near session highs. Still, the setback from Tuesday's rally has bean market bulls on the defensive. The connection between crude oil and soybean oil price action was broken today. Crude was solidly lower on ideas economic conditions will continue to slow gas demand in the months ahead. But bean oil prices followed two days of heavy price pressure with a modest upside recovery to end the week. 
The Brazilian weather forecast highlights chances for rain from central Brazil into southern production areas from Sunday into midweek next week. January soybeans, 11 and one quarter cents higher, 14.28 and one quarter. March beans up 11 cents, 14.33 and one quarter. July soybeans closed at 14.42 and one quarter, up 11 and one half cents, Chip. Today's gains cut into this week's losses. January soybeans down 21 and three quarter cents. July soybeans down 17 and three quarter cents. Cotton futures fell to a new low for the week and posted the lowest close in the past two weeks as the market threatened to post a downside breakout. December cotton 188 points lower, 85.16. Down 117 points in the D's cotton contract this week. Well, firming cash bids were reflected in strengthening live cattle futures in the second half of the week. December fats 32 and a half higher, 153.07 and one half. Jan feeders 80 cents higher today, 187.77 and one half. And volatility drains out of the hog market. Dees hogs 75 cents lower, 84.22 and a half. Chip Flory. All right, December live cattle on the week up a dollar fifty-five. January feeder cattle up two dollars and twenty cents, and December lean hog futures down just twelve and a half cents. That Dees hog contract has traded on both sides of 85 cents for each of the past 10 trading sessions. Pretty amazing. We got Mark Rampey up next. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Knowledge is power. We're here to charge your batteries. Agritalk. Karen! Karen! What? Karen! Why are you saying that? What's so funny about me? No, what what makes me funny to you? Am I am I a clown to you? I amuse you. I'm I'm here to amuse you. What makes me funny? What's so funny about me? You're making me want to find that on what is it what do they call the streaming stuff yeah streaming yeah just gonna have to maybe find some good good fellows right good i don't know you're all kinds of twisted up on this right now go back to tin cup you'll be fine just i'm sure you've got that on the top of a pile somewhere put that in your vcr you'll be fine yeah yeah that's right that's right <laughs> Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. That's Davis. Davis. Uh, today's guest analyst, Mark Rempe from Quad Commodities. Uh, Mark, it's good to talk with you again. How are you, man? Hey, doing good, Chip. Good to hear you again. Yeah, glad you're here. How'd things go this fall for you? Oh, you know, here down here in the Oskaloosa area, uh, south and east of Oskaloosa was 
just too dry to really raise a good corn crop. But they had a pretty good bean crop. And then uh, north and west of Oskaloosa got more rain, and they had both uh, corn and beans were both good. So we were kind of yeah. right on the edge here. Yeah. Yeah, that was – well, Mahaska County was one of those – counties that we were watching all summer long and, and areas to the you know further to the to the um west <laughs> my brother over in pella i think he said that he went six weeks without mowing the lawn this this summer mark it's just it, it was really tough over that way wasn't it yeah there was a, and that kind of followed right on up through you know monroe and prairie city and up into central iowa there by des moines yeah. and yeah it was really dry and uh you know, it's amazing that uh, the corn did as good as it did. Yeah. Because we had a little more heat than normal, and uh, we've had the last few years. I don't know if we ever really did crack 100, but we were close several times. And uh, and really thought the beans might not be that great. We didn't get much rain in August, but uh, the rain that came, when it did come, it definitely helped because the bean yields were pretty consistently good, and corn is just a matter, you know, how you got the rains. So. Yeah. Okay. Your basis levels down there, they holding up pretty good yet, Mark? Yeah, they really are. Um, we had a quick ship bid here in Eddyville for a few hours at 7 bucks yesterday. So that was about, no what, kidding. 36 over or so. And then when I, when I got what they needed, it was, you know, just a text deal. And so, uh, yeah, it only lasted two or three hours. But we know where the farmers want what they want for a bottom line because uh, that, that got what they needed for now anyway. So yeah, seven bucks yeah. is the magic number down here. <laughs> I think it's the magic number in a lot of different places, Mark. When you get right down to it, uh, talked to a lot of broadcasters over the past day and a half, and and you know we keep the question that they keep asking me is, you know, if this crop was so doggone big, how come have we got basis levels as strong as they are across the country? Well, you know what? The crop wasn't that doggone big. Uh, here we are, what, nine bushel? Nine, eight or nine bushel off of trend line? Uh, the market's got to account for that, and we are missing bushels. We're missing the most bushels in the areas with the greatest domestic demand, whether it be uh, ethanol demand or livestock demand, or hog, hog feed, cattle feed demand. It, it's the the servicing the domestic market we got a lot of corn that's out of position this year don't we yeah worse than i've seen in a long time it's definitely yeah. east versus west and where the best yields in the east were uh they have logistical problems with the with the barge freight that's getting a little better now but in general uh you know where the good crops are isn't where the cattle feed lots are and the hogs are and uh, not as many ethanol plants either, so it's just just it's just really in the wrong place. And we got issues with you know railroad issues of an ongoing all fall, so it's just it's just misplaced, and it's that's hard to correct, you know, going east to west. So it yeah, yeah, it certainly is. What do you make with what's going on in the ethanol market right now? Production in the w- latest reporting week, uh, which would have been the week ended November eleven. Dropped off forty thousand, yeah, forty thousand barrels per day on average, but we're still over a million barrels. Feels like the ethanol market is still doing okay. Yeah, third quarters uh, profits that I've seen so far haven't been near as good as the first two quarters. So I'm guessing that uh, 
they're going to probably slow down just a little bit. And then here again, it's going to be a basis play where you've got corn and a nice wide basis. You're probably going to do all right. And if you're further west you go, the worse it's going to be. And uh, mm-hmm. if you're out there paying too much over, you're just going to have to slow down, looks to me like. So I, I wouldn't yeah. expect it to expand in hands for sure. Okay. Okay. It's uh, it's something that we're going to have to watch the basis on very closely to for some sort of an indication that maybe the the ethanol guys are backing away here a little bit. Um, let let's talk a little bit more about this twenty two crop. If it went from the field into the grain bin, Mark, uh, what does that conversation sound like when you're talking with your clients? Well, I'm I'm pretty concerned about the the unpriced grain that's in the bins. Um, farmers, you know, since harvest, he's been pretty disengaged in marketing that I've seen. And, uh, you know, normally you, you're all right, you know, storing stuff away and coming out of harvest and, and waiting. But we have never been at these high levels at this time of year. It's not like it's every two or three or five years. We've never been this high this time of year. So you got a lot of valuable inventory out there. And, uh, I've, think that uh, between now and mid-December, while we're still pretty brisk in our export sales, that uh, we need to be doing cash sales, selling futures, buying puts or something. My my favorite play is in corn, and that's just to sell futures against what's in the bin, and then you can kind of ride that out into spring or early summer, but that's a tough thing to get producers to do. Uh, to sell the board and, and keep the inventory. But that is my favorite thing right now. Okay. Let's talk about that a little bit more. Are you looking for some basis improvement uh, to to help cover the cost of storage, or what, what's the plan? Yeah, definitely. You know, we just talked about $7 yeah. is the magic figure in south-central Iowa. And, you know, we're sitting here in this decent corn. If it would, it's been holding six fifty, and as long as it does, that's all right. But on any kind of scare like that missile scare we had here a couple of days ago, having resting yeah. orders anywhere from six seventy five to seven bucks on the board, I love that. And then then you can sit back and uh, probably the further west you are in the corn belt, the better the base is going to get at some point. And you could what could happen is you could make fifty sixty cents on the board if it goes back down to six bucks and still get your cash price. So that that's why I really like it. Okay. All right. I, I, I see what you're doing there that, uh, um, and you know, the one thing to remember, if you're going to do something like that guys and and Mark, I, I'm not reminding you, I know you know this, you're not married to that position until expiration of that futures contract. Once you make your cash sale, you're out of that short futures then, right? Yeah. You want to do it simultaneously. That's the safest, but yeah, you can, you know, you could, you could put the trade on and take it off the very next day if there was a something changed in your world, you know. So yeah, you're yeah. it's you know, futures and options are very flexible as far as timing and the quantity, the amount of bushels you want to do and all that. It's there's all kinds of flexibility in that. It's yep. all on paper. Yeah. Yeah, we've talked about it a million times on AgriTalk about, you know, uh, using a strategy that allows you to stay flexible in your marketing. And and uh, as soon as you mentioned the quick ship text that you got the other day, um, it, those happen more often than, than I think people realize, don't they? 
you know, uh, everybody who's uh, younger, and I mean, everybody has a smartphone, and it's it's so fast and cheap and simple for these guys to get the bid out that uh, that's it's going to be that way from now on. And it just, yeah, they you know they have a broad base of customers. They got everybody's uh, cell phone numbers and and email addresses, and they can they can they can move very quickly and get the bushels they need in a matter of hours. Yeah. Yeah. So when that order comes in and it, and it happens around ethanol plants, um, it, 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 what, what really catches my attention is when it happens around, you know, a rail loading facility and they've got, if they're short and the train is coming in, that's when things can get really explosive in, in that bit. If you've got volume and can fill a few hoppers, that that can be pretty rewarding, can it? <laughs> yeah, and same thing with barges too. You know, whatever yeah. whatever the quantity they need, whether they're crushing or or shipping, you know, and it, it helps the it helps out both parties. You know, it gets them yeah. finished up on what they need to get filled, and and uh, so it's it's a good platform. Yeah, absolutely, and as you said, as quick as it can be communicated, it's really pretty cool. Okay. I want to talk about what you're thinking about for the 2023 crop. Get your take on that cattle on feed report. We'll talk a little bit of hogs with Mark Rempe next. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Time now for news of note from Pro Farmer. A senior United Nations official hopes the next deal for Ukraine grain exports will extend beyond 120 days. The two largest rail worker unions are expected to conclude voting this weekend to stave off a strike or not. The Argentine government slashed its wheat crop estimate due to drought and freeze impacts. Indian farmers have so far planted wheat and canola on nearly 15% more area than year ago. Japan's core inflation jumped 3.6% year-on-year on October. That's its highest level since 1982. The European Central Bank chief said the EU may need to raise interest rates so much that it dampens economic growth. And China's central bank issued new rules on Friday to make the country's bond market more attractive to foreign institutional investors. News of note is taken from the pages of Pro Farmer. Get more at tryprofarmer.com. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. The chickens have come home to roost. Find out whose fence they're perched on today on AgriTalk. Something that they're good. Of course they are. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Jeff. 
Glad to be back in the studio, back in the bunker, and having a conversation with today's guest analyst, Mark Rempe from Quad Commodities. Before we get back to Mark, Davis, go ahead and recap where the market's closed. Chip. December hard red winter wheat futures three and three quarter cents lower nine thirty four and one quarter. December soft red wheat down three and one half cents eight oh three and one quarter. December corn futures were a quarter of a penny higher at six sixty seven and three quarters. July corn futures closed at six sixty two and one half. That's up one shiny penny. January beans eleven and one quarter cents higher fourteen twenty eight and one quarter. July soybeans closed at 14.42 and one quarter, up 11 and one half today. December cotton, 188 points lower, 85.16. On your livestocks, December fat cattle were 32 and one half cents higher, 153.07 and one half. January feeder futures, 80 cents higher, 180.77 and one half. And December lean hog futures, 75 cents lower at 84.22 and one half. Chip, that's your quick market recap. Back over to you now. All right, Davis. Thank you very much. Mark Rempe, Quad Commodities, is our guest analyst today. Mark, as I when I got back in and I started looking at some of the charts and everything that uh, from this week's trade, that corn market on Tuesday was awfully impressive when we were trying to figure out, okay, where did these missiles that landed in Poland, where did they come from? And as it got sorted out, it, it, the ability, the ability of the market to stay within that range and to close higher on the week, that was pretty impressive, wasn't it? Yeah, I like the way it was acting, and uh, and it needed to. I mean, you, we were bouncing off that 650, and that was making most yeah. of us traders nervous. And, uh, you know, there should be some – I'd really like to see it close over 75 a couple of times and, and grind back up towards the old high there at 7. But uh, I think beyond 7, it's going to be pretty tough sledding uh, for a while here. So, yeah. um, But it it's hanging in there awfully good. I agree with you. Okay, and it has so a good, now, you know, up a dime per week. So, Yeah. So now that we've got the agreement that will allow the Ukrainian wheat and corn exports through the Black Sea for the next, uh, what, four months. Um, what next? What What is this corn market watch? Well, it, it's still going to take it some cues off of wheat. And uh, that corn basis is so hot out west that, uh, you know, we might start feeding some wheat in those feedlots. Mm-hmm. And... The problem uh, with this, what we call a headline market, which every time something happens in Russia, the markets, especially wheat, react violently. These headline markets, um, what's happened now with this the more wheat becoming available is the U.S. isn't very competitive in the wheat. So um, if corn's going to take its cue from wheat, you know, we got to be a little bit cautious there. Yeah, good point. Good point. Um, okay, let's look to the 2023 crop what is what does the conversation sound like as guys are a making their final decisions on what the mix is going to be and b the marketing opportunity on 23 crop yeah normally you know we might not be as excited about getting going and even my cautiousness i have on this corn that's in the corn and beans are in the bin I realize that the seasonals are telling you to not worry, but if these 
elevated prices, uh, it does make me nervous. But as far as new crop, you know, that corn bean ratio is, is quite a ways out of whack. And yeah. if you live in the I states, you may not switch back and forth that much. But in the other states, you can switch. There's also quite a bit of wheat that's been put in, too, in areas that uh, haven't been before because price Absolutely. is high at the time. So, mm-hmm. so you know, cons- so instead of thinking about what you're going to do with your acres, I twist that around and, and say, well, what's that ratio do to me marketing-wise? And, you know, it closed at uh, 215 today, and normally it's between 2.3 and, and 2.4, sometimes 2.5. So yeah. to get back into the two fours, we either have to take 50 cents out of corn or add a dollar to new crop beans and or a combination <laughs> of the two. So yeah. that's telling you that if you're going to sell one or the other or get started with your marketing, you need to start with the corn before the beans. And then, of course, you got the whole uh, renewable diesel train that's going to be more of a factor with next year's crop than this year's crop. So right. uh, that's the two big things uh, going forward here for new crop. Yeah. You know, Mark, when you look at the the carryover projection for the end of the 22-23 marketing year, in my opinion, we're talking about a carryover that is, is below pipeline. There's going to be some some major disruptions in the flow of corn around the country uh, in the summer of 2023. So if you throw any kind of a bump, any hiccup, any pothole in the production process, isn't the market going to be like super hyper sensitive to, to anything in the spring and, and summer of 23? Yeah, and it's it's gonna it's starting right now with South America's crop. I mean, it okay. starts with that, and uh, you know, if, if they have a huge South American crop, you could take two bucks off beans. If there's trouble, you could put two dollars on like nothing, and then that's and then they're gonna whatever they have, they have, and then we start the whole equation over for us, like you're talking about. And you know, the drought index is is uh, we got a lot of dry ground out there in the production area, and yeah, it's gonna be really. Re- one thing that uh, guys could do to help a little bit is they might be able to plant short-season corn and beans if they have the right kind of spring and sell some new crop as old crop to help bridge that gap. Okay. Interesting. So I've, I've been – some of the guests on on the show recently have become very conservative with their attitude on 23-crop corn. And here we are, you know, the the ratio says if you're going to sell one or the other, you probably need to sell some corn. This is this is a tough marketing decision here, isn't it? I mean, you can't just mail this one in. You got to think about it every day. No, you really do. And of course, I'm always a big fan of resting orders, but the, the toughest part is I'm looking at the screen right now and this piece is 667 and next piece is 610 and Cost of anhydrous and, and P and K and stuff is is uh, equal to or higher than last year, so the, the producer is not excited about that price, and that, that's mm-hmm. part of the problem why they, they're, it's hard to get started. Yeah, yeah, <coughs> absolutely. This is uh, it, it's it's a uh, it's a tough market. It's a tough market. There's no question about it. Okay. Um, a little bit on the cattle on feed report. Now I got 
I, I hope I did the math right because I wanted to get the rounding out of the way here. But the average trade guess on the total number of cattle on feed on November 1 was 98.3%. The actual came in at 98%. So it, a little bit above what the trade was looking for, just a little bit above. I'm sorry, below. Jeez, a little bit below what the trade was looking for. Now, the placements in October, 96.5% was the average trade guess. The actual was 93.9%. So a big move there. And then the marketings in October, 100.8% was the average trade guess. The actual was 100.6%. I don't know. I mean, here it is. It's the the second month in a row that we've got a year-over-year decline in the feedlot inventories. That's... uh, it feels like a bullish report, Mark. Yeah, and I was just going off your numbers because I hadn't seen them yet. So yeah. uh, I agree. I mean, I just think the the, the cattle herd is just shrinking. It's going to continue to shrink, and you might as well throw hogs in that category too. I mean, they're you know it's all about supply and demand, but the supply side of hogs and cattle, uh, there's just going to be less. So it's just a matter of what the demand side does. But there's there's just there's just going to be less, and they're going to be lighter. Corn's expensive, bean mill is relatively expensive, and uh, there's just going to be less of everything. Yeah, are the have the have the back months of the the markets have they built those tighter supplies in, or do you think there's some more work to do? Oh, I think there's more work to for hog chart, but it's really looking good. And then the cattle had a good week this week too, but uh, I think they've got more room to go. But they are definitely trying to the producer's interest peaked to feed expensive corn and meal to this, to both hogs and cattle. Yeah. Expensive corn is right. We talk about $7 corn is kind of the magic number around here. Uh, out West feedlots are paying nine bucks a bushel and still feeding cattle like crazy. It, 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 uh, it's kind of an astonishing, it's an eye opening, astonishing situation, isn't it? Yeah, no, that's the number I've been hearing out there, too, is $9, and it's just amazing that they can feed $9 corn to cattle. So here again, I mean, this, the stuff's just got to get higher. You know, it's, yeah. if it isn't, it'll be a real train wreck. Yeah, yeah. The, the thing that may get in the way of it is if we see demand stumble, but I'm not seeing many signs of that happening either. No, I am not either. Yeah, but, so yeah. It's, it, is a, it is a remarkable uh, market. There is no question about that. Mark, thank you so much for making time for us this afternoon, buddy. We really appreciate you. Uh, we'll talk with you again soon, and happy Thanksgiving, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Chip. Talk to you soon. You, all right. That is Mark Rempe, Quad Commodities. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's right, Davis, on the supply side of the market. We're going to have to talk about that a little bit more. But the real question is, have the markets already accounted for that? Is there some some marketing opportunities out there in the back month contracts? We should talk about that a little bit when we come back. Davis and I will be back to wrap up this week's AgriTalk in just a moment. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. 
It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. AgriTalk is brought to you by the NRCS Conservation Stewardship Program, which cost shares more than 150 practices on farms and ranches. Visit your local service center or farmers.gov today. Welcome back to AgriTalk, everybody. So glad that you have joined us here this afternoon. Davis Michelson here. Chip will be back tomorrow afternoon. Huh? Psych! He's back. Huh? Chip's right here. I've got him right here. Got him right here. Just making sure people are paying attention. Um, I did a little test this morning. Just okay. a little test. Um, and I don't know if it worked or not. I'm trying to figure out if people are still using Twitter. No, it's oh. been a, Twitter's been a lot, you know, a lot of people in the news. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with Twitter. <laughs> Screw that. I'm out. I'm out. Yep. No yep. more Twitter. So I thought, okay, let's, a topic came up in the news that I feel like people would have a lot to say about. Yeah. And that they would, you know, at least have an opinion on. Engage. Let's, and so I tried to engage the Twitter audience and I didn't say it weird or anything like that. I brought it up several times throughout the broadcast this morning. Hey, go ahead and send a tweet to hashtag AgriTalk, everybody. Um, it was about the, the uh, lab grown meat stuff. Nobody sounded off. Nobody sounded off. Are people yeah. not using Twitter? I, well, I, I think if we could probably pick a different topic and maybe get a little more response. I you mean, think? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, test weight matters in determining final yield. Oh, geez. <laughs> let's, let's talk about test weight. But the lab-grown meat thing and test weight absolutely does not matter to final yield. It does there's matter. Just, there's it just does no way. Matter. It's you an know, absolutely ludicrous thing to say. I wish people would tweet people and support my position. And that the slickness of the kernel actually has an impact the on test weight. The slickness of the kernel. The slickness of the kernel. You know why? Do you why? know why? Do you know why? Because Do you it slides too much. It slides because too quick through the, the auger for them to count size, them. In huh? the sample size, the slicker the kernel, the more that you can get packed in to the sample size container. Huh? Yeah. That's I don't know. That's true. Sounds, sounds like one of that's, those crazy conspiracies. That is a fact. So Straight out of Area got, 51. You know, if, if the kernel's a little sticky yet, mm-hmm. you don't get it packed in there quite so hard. Your test weight's lighter. Uh-huh. Mm. It's true. It's true. You know, if anybody wants to sound off on that, uh, just uh, put a hashtag AgriTalk into your message and let's get see what happens. I got Twitter open right now. You better hurry because we're about to disengage for the weekend, people. (laughs) Get get your tweets in now to hashtag AgriTalk. I am always engaged in AgriTalk. That sounds uh, right. 
that and what's right. going on out there on Twitter. So yeah. would love to get a little feedback. Love to see it. Love or even just it. say hi. Now, here's you the know? deal. Here's just the deal, hi. too. Huh? Yeah. Here's, here's the deal on, on the topic that you picked. The the Beyond Meat that you brought up a couple of times and the poor performance that we're seeing there and the 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 drop in, in demand that we've seen for some of the plant-based, quote-unquote, well, meats. Yes. It's a, that's different. It's full-on fake grown. meat is what that is. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. The lab-grown, the cultured meat is uh is actually meat yeah i don't know if it takes on of the tastiness that is associated with the marbling Mm -hmm. or if that is even like programmed in in it i mean are we growing fat along with muscle to make a marbled lab-grown meat Mm-hmm. I have no idea because if all it is is muscle meat, um, that I think is going to be is is going to be missing some of the characteristics that make meat and as, as popular as it is. Well, that being tenderness, that being yeah. flavor, that mm-hmm. being palatability. Sure. Uh, there's a lot of things that are going to be missing in that lab-grown meat. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if if and when that chicken is available, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, for for people like me to take a bite and to sample it, sign mm-hmm. me up. I'm going to eat it. Yeah. Well, and I here's the that, other thing, too. I would too. eat that more quickly and more readily, be more willing to eat that than to eat the plant-based burger. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> And, you know, if you if you think about the potential, maybe not here in the United States, but in places where animal agriculture hasn't exactly taken off and the population is suffering as a result. Boy, howdy. Now you've got a whole different conversation because societies can be changed when their nutritional standards are increased with the addition of protein. Right. I hadn't thought about it like that before, but I was having a conversation between the shows. Oh, that is is absolutely. I mean, the as as more and more countries and and people work protein into their yeah into their diets, the effort that it is going to take to keep up with that demand is significant. Mm-hmm. It is a significant effort. I, there, yep. There's just okay. I talked talked about it yesterday with a couple of guys that when you look at the feed grain the coarse grain balance sheets for global numbers and we've been consuming more coarse grains around the world than we've produced in the last three years Mm -hmm. it tells you something and what it tells you is that every effort is being made to produce the protein that the world is demanding yeah uh, let's get to, today, to today's conversation with Mark Rempe. Oh. Uh, what are the things that I want you to help clarify? Sell the board and keep the inventory or sell physical and buy the board? He made an awfully strong argument about maintaining flexibility mm-hmm. by locking in a price on the board and just saying, listen, I'm not going to let that get away from me. But yeah. Yeah. when the when the call comes in yep. and... The uh, and and whether it's an ethanol plant, 
or a rail loading yep. facility or a barge loading facility that they need corn and this is the bid today this is the bid right now seven dollars pull the trigger yeah you know, the the market might slide all the way down to six dollars but it's still seven dollars is going to be the number right that's going to get get yeah. corn to move he made it it was an interesting argument so i i it it depends on your situation i can't make a blanket call on it right now thanks for listening today really appreciate it i love getting back here we got gt thompson on monday morning right here on agritalk